But, uh, the kits and goodies that uh, we were looking forward to getting uh, either for uh, Christmas or purchasing uh, ourselves and uh, that brought to mind the fact that uh, many of us have preferred uh, suppliers for User kits or, uh, or uh, components. Um, some of the arcane components we use can be a little uh, difficult to get at times. And it's always a good thing to uh, to share our lists of uh, preferred suppliers with others. Uh, I have I have a just a list I threw together of a bunch here. I won't go through all of them, but uh, just highlight a couple of them. Have some particularly good stuff that, uh, that I like that not all of you may have uh, may have used. Um, one of them is the uh, Maker Shed Store, and uh, we'll have links for this. Uh, I'll give them to George, and he can post them uh, in the wrap-up for this uh, session. But they have they have a bunch of eclectic kits, not all electronic kits. They have some little gadgets uh, and some books. One of the books I got for my son was uh, uh, trebuchets and other something like trebuchets and other neat devices uh, you can build for channel. use on your desk at the office. Uh, they just have all kinds of neat stuff. They have uh, Arduino projects have uh, various little uh, other projects like a uh, gadget to uh, zap the sound on the TV set. You happen to be in a bar somewhere and, and you want to mute the sound to uh, get all the customers agitated. Little gadgets you can build from one of the kits to do that. Um, Lady Ada is another disconnected from your kit channel. source. Uh, she has some rather eclectic things along the lines of the Maker Shed store. Some very creative and inventive kits that uh, you wouldn't necessarily think of. Not not generally in the hand vein, but uh, pretty good besides. Um, KD1JB, a number of us know of him, Steve Weber having kits. He has had a run of, of uh, I think it's four different kinds now, of the Appalachian Trail Spectrum kits. They are some really neat kits. And uh, he has he has short runs of them, and when they're when the run is done, it's done, uh, and you ain't going to get any more. Some of the other kits, like uh, Four States QRP, sell some some neat kits that are hand oriented. Uh, NorCal has at times sold kits, although they're currently kind of in a hiatus. Um, the guy who uh, W8IZ has a company called KitsAndFarts.com uh, that sells toroids and some. Uh, some little RFE module kits and some uh, difficult to obtain components, which are very, very handy to, uh, to use and good to know about. New England QRP, I think uh, we talked about them last week, has a thing called the uh, NE SCAF, which is a switch capacitor audio filter kit that they're currently selling, uh, which is a handy addition to receivers. Uh, I, I happen to have one, and I really like it. Uh, very good uh, addition. Uh, one word about the kits and the private people who sell things. Uh, many times, as I mentioned with the uh, 81 JV, they'll have uh, special run kits to build uh, and sell 100 or 200 of them, get them up and sell them. And um, you have to be on the ball to catch them when you can because they may not offer it again. So they can be very special but also kind of rare. Um, another another supplier who is uh, more or less in the main line of, 
of QRP, then there's Candy US, Bill Kelsey out in Ohio, has had a number of uh, good kits, both rigs, uh, transmitters, receivers, and uh, test equipment over the years. He's a very good source. Um, another guy, uh, uh, Brian Riley up in Vermont, has a, uh, a little shop called Walton, W-U-L-F-D-E-N. He has some uh, digital and computer stuff, liquid crystal displays and some breadboarding uh, components and little, little boards that are very handy. And uh, close to where George lives is Peter H. Anderson, who has some uh, basic stamp, some pickaxe, and some other digital learning kits. Uh, they're very handy. It's a relatively inexpensive source of some uh, microcontroller kits and accessories that go with them uh, for uh, getting started for learning how to use the chips. Anyway, what, uh, what we want to do tonight, uh, I presented a, a some examples of, of um, some kit folks that uh, you may not all be interested in. I think uh, when George does go around, uh, it'd be interesting if uh, you all would comment on some of the uh, some of the kit uh, and component uh, outfits you deal with. Who you think's good and uh, convenient? We're used to the uh, the assembled group. Now back to you, George. Whoa, that was a mouthful, Joe. I couldn't even keep up with you. As as hopefully everybody can see, I was typing in the the uh, addresses of uh, the the online addresses of these different vendors um, for uh, for the kits and parts and, and so on. So um, what what I'd like to do is to just on the on the bunch that Joe has mentioned, and again you can see that in your text listing or just recall them from when he was speaking um i offer it to an open mic here uh as far as experiences with um uh any one of them whether the maker shed lady ada qrp uh the norcal qrp um our our famous uh steve weber kd1jv parts uh qrp kits wilderness radio that's that's a long time a long time goodie an oldie but goodie um and uh, we've mentioned, uh, oh, I, I've forgotten his name again now, it was uh, Jackson Harbor Press. Um, but uh, we've got that one listed here too. And uh, Kits and Parts from Diz is, uh, is a good one. Thank you, Bruce. So of those that have listened so far, um, what, what are some of the experiences? Uh, uh, what kind of... Uh, experience have you had with them lately or what, what are your feelings about some of these uh, vendors and suppliers uh, uh, anybody go ahead well, George yeah Bruce go ahead no thanks I see you had another one there I think it was Rick also jumped in so I'll, I'll turn it over to him afterwards but uh, uh, I just wanted to mention uh, yeah Joe ran down quite a list there but uh, kitsandparts.com is uh, Diz, Diz's website. Um, I believe he's down there in Florida. And uh, I like to kind of highlight him to people because, I mean, people have their favorite vendors for small parts like Mauser and DigiKey and so forth. But uh, uh, Diz's website, Kits and Parts, is really kind of special and near and dear to my heart because uh, he stocks a very wide supply of uh, toroids, toroid cores for winding your own uh, 
uh, coils. And as many of us know, most of us may know, that uh, that's that's crucial. Having a supply of a variety of toroid cores on hands is, is uh, for a lot of us that experiment with RF and, and tinker with uh, radios and so forth, it's, it can be as vital as, as having a resistor assortment on hand. So I, I tossed the uh, the web address there for Diz's site down there because, um, you know, that one is, is one of my favorites, uh, not only because he stocks a wide variety of toroids, and instead of going to somebody like Amadon, for instance, or one of Micrometals, the, uh, the manufacturers, you can get them in small quantities at very reasonable prices because he buys them in very large quantities. So um, as, uh, as George just said there in his note there, uh, uh, very responsive, excellent prices. He, he gets orders out very quickly and uh, just a great guy to deal with. So I'll just kind of highlight that for people who may or may not have uh, gotten to that point in their home brewing or tinkering where they've stocked up on toroids. That's definitely a, uh, a good one to bookmark. So um, I think it was uh, Rick, K3IND, who was uh, looking to grab the mic next. So why don't I pass it to him? And Rick, when you're done, uh, uh, hand it back there to uh, George. Go ahead. Okay, thanks. Uh, I actually just had two quick questions. Uh, you mentioned in your list of suppliers uh, somebody who has uh, pickaxe kits, which I have a particular interest in, uh, but I didn't catch who that was. And uh, the other uh, question I had was uh, if anybody has a supplier where you turn when you have when you need a small quantity or a small inexpensive component. Uh, I was looking through a catalog that came in the mail today, and uh, there were a couple of interesting things for a buck or two, and there was a $7 uh, minimum shipping fee. Uh, I know that's more and more the average these days, but I wonder if there's anybody who's exceptional uh, in the low end of that. So I'll pass it back to you, George. Okay, Rick, good, uh, good questions. First of all, um, Joe, hopefully uh, you can see, I think it was Peter H. Anderson who was the uh, supplier for the pickaxe. Is that who you've gotten yours from, Joe? That's affirmative. I'm just digging on the computer here. I'll put the uh, URL up in a sec. Okay, good. And he is great. Um, he, he's, uh, uh, he lives in the area. I still don't know where exactly, but it's very close to me. I needed something fast. And he actually sent his son over to my house. And now it's in a neighboring town, but... Nonetheless, um, he did a great service there, and I appreciated it uh, a whole bunch. Um, so when Joe posts that uh, URL, I'm sure you'll be uh, satisfied with it. And by the way, again, very glad that you're here, that you're experimenting with the uh, the pickaxe. That is one fun little project, uh, one good uh, controller. It's a small thing. It's not, you know, you're not going to control the world with it. Uh, but you can make very good, low-cost, dedicated function, small projects. Uh, tone uh, with Joe and I, just as an example, Joe and I uh, did a project called The Rookie. Um, I'm going to give an address in a moment and that will show you some of these things. But uh, The Rookie, if you didn't recall what we did before, is we took a pickaxe and we popped a, uh, an NE567 or an LMC567 tone decoder on the front end of that. And uh, we turned that into an Atlanticon project by um, sending tones to this board containing those two chips. The tones would be decoded uh, by the 567 Morse code sent, of course. And then the uh, pickaxe would decode that Morse code stream and then um, produce one of four outputs going active based on the, uh, the very simple protocol that was used for that uh, 
transmission. So a lot of small projects are, are good for that. Um, what what I wanted to um, say about the uh, the small chipping, um, um, what was how can you say it, uh, Rick? You were interested in vendors that didn't charge an arm and a leg or charge a minimum for um, uh, for parts. Um, I think. I think Mauser is one that you can order. I tried this the other day because somebody wanted to uh, wanted to get a, a two cent SMT resistor as a replacement for something, you know, for a kit that I had sent them and they either lost it or I didn't pack it or something. So I sent it to them, of course, but I also mentioned that I tried ordering that two cent resistor and it and I was able to do it. Now you will pay. It, it costs $7.00. Uh, to uh, to ship something usually you know plus or minus depending on where you are, but uh, some of the vendors do not have minimum orders, so just have to check around and uh, experiment. You know, try placing an order and see if you can get up to the actual place this order button before you can uh, to see if there's a minimum the minimum order size has been met. So that's uh, that's an idea for you. Um, does that answer your question there, um, Rick? Uh, yes, it does. Uh, I was more interested in the uh, having a flat rate shipping charge of five or six bucks, even if you've got your 10 cent resistor in there. Um, but I guess it's really a hopeless quest uh, given today's uh, mailing costs. Well, yeah, uh, let, let me come in. I'll mention this because it, it's maybe like the little uh, or the, the elephant in the room that nobody likes to talk about sometimes. But I get asked from time to time, you know, why do I charge and whatever it's going to be, whether my shipping rate for a, my, my shipping, somebody's got their box on it, didn't notice it. Somebody, um, a, a flat rate shipping charge of $5 or $10, uh, even for, for one part. At the end of the day, a vendor is going to go through the effort of, of putting it all together. And it's not like, you know, you asking me or any, you know, ham radio buddy to, to drop something in the mail to you and they they're not going to think along the lines of uh, they're not going to think along the lines of uh, um you know all of the, the effort and time and and uh, uh the, the the accumulated expense in getting it to you but it's just really straightforward and kind of easy when you're dealing with a mass on a mass scale to have a flat rate shipping charge. And generally, if you're going to order something, you know it's going to cost on the orders of 5 to, to $8 to get it through to you in uh, priority mail. Um, not everything fits into a, 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 an envelope. Um, okay, let's, uh, let's go. Everybody watch their, watch their Vox, please. Frank and Bob, WB6KWT. I noticed yours kicking in there a little bit, so... Um, um, and as Bruce mentions, uh, you know, when you have little parts that you just want a, a two cent resistor, you know, kind of, kind of make, keep a list off to the side of the things that you'd like there, you know, and there's good chance that you also need a jack or a plug or a little bit of wire, or you wish you had this one connector. And then when you do have that need for that little part, you can kind of scrape together all the things that you really wanted to get and make it worth your while for. Uh, for actually, uh, you know, placing the order. Just just some ideas. And this comes from um, many of the guys on this list. And I think, uh, well, I don't even, I don't even suggest, but many of us order a lot and often uh, from vendors. So um, 
you know, this, it gets into a regular habit. And I told you last week or two weeks ago, whenever I order a kit, I usually order two. I, I follow the Noah principle, Noah's Ark. So uh, I'm always going to either use that second kit or um, use it for parts or sell it to somebody else who wants it at a club meeting. So I always get extra parts when I order something. And it really is a good way to kind of stock up the, uh, um, the, um, the parts bin. So just some, some ideas. That's what we're here doing. We're talking about, um, you know, we're talking about uh, home brewing and, and putting together kits and parts and stuff. Okay. Other comments or questions about the list that, uh, that Joe went down? I have something to mention about, uh, oh, gosh, I was going to mention um, Steve Weber's. But uh, and has anybody got a comment that they'd like to, to bring up on those listings so far? All right. Um, again, um, as far as Steve Weber is concerned, he, his is his is a great site. Um, when I get a chance to type, I can't type and talk at the same time. I'm going to enter in um, the address for the uh, it's the QRP Links uh, website that the that we maintain on the AMQRP website. And if you don't use this one, I would hardly recommend giving some thought to either providing a a quick link to it or bookmark to it on your own desktop personally and i've told this before in other lists i use that as my startup window so immediately when i start up um it goes to the qrp lists uh, that on the amqrp page and it has all of the all of the vendors all of the good sites all of the publications all of the uh, technology spots that i enjoy frequenting such that it becomes my master, my really master uh, uh, page that I maintain is useful for me in a moment's notice. So you might want to think about that and you get a chance to kind of see things, uh, 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 you see where you want to go just in a heartbeat just when your computer comes up or when you bring up your browser. Uh, Joe mentions, of course, Tony Parks uh, with the Soft Rock um, kits. Uh, very, very much in demand because it's a very low cost um, uh, product that he sells and they go fast and they go really, really fast. And you got to keep your eye on the page if you really want to find them. But that's the, uh, oh, what's his uh, WB9? Uh, I forgot what his call sign is. Somebody will mention it. But YIG. YIG. Thank you, Milt. So you want to, you want to bookmark that, and again, you'll see that in a moment when I get a chance to post my links. So you'll see a lot of these things that we're talking about. Um, okay, let's. Uh, who else has uh, a good set of links? A good set of VM, um, VMs. Too long, too long of a day here. Um, a good set of vendors that they frequent a lot that they like to uh, uh, to go to on a regular basis. I have a boatload as well, but. Uh, um, let's uh, see who else might have some uh, open mic for anybody with a uh, two or three good vendors that they'd like to go to. Yeah, I just listed a couple, George. Oh, okay, well, yeah, there you go. Goldmine, Goldmine Electronics. And the nice part about the text in this is you can just click right on these links that they're formatted properly. They can go there while just while we're talking. All electronics. Oh. Yeah, something about all electronics, though, to keep in mind is at least when we're making kits, and this is mostly to the kit designers and the guys who produce kits, 
Uh, you can get parts from all electronics um, for the kits that we produce, but you're not always guaranteed of them being there tomorrow when you go to order them. Uh, Milt especially can remember, oh gosh, remember, I forgot, maybe it was you who found it, but somebody found us a, uh, a nice bracket, a stand-up bracket, a hinge for the Micro 9 uh, for the uh, new PSK modem, and I loved it. And I sold all of them that I had, you know, just a, just a tad above cost, just for shipping cost. And, uh, and I said, oh, geez, I'm going to get, I'm going to get some, I'm going to get some. And I sold them all, went to get them some more from the vendor, all electronics, and they were gone. I wrote them and they said, oh, yeah, well, we're never going to have those again. But that's just a word to the wise. Keep your eye on, uh, on some of the good deals that you find. Okay, I have one. All right, Charles, go ahead, please. Um, we were mentioning, you know, getting uh, small single parts and then the flat shipping rates, etc. Uh, one of the guys that works, uh, uh, fellas probably know about uh, Cecil uh, K5 NWA has a site called the Parts Place, and if it wasn't Uh, did you drop out there, Charles? They talked about Cecil. He has a good parts place. Yeah, his 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 uh, site is called the Parts Place, and it's uh, if you want to get there real quick. Let me glance over at my uh, notes here. So I can... It's uh, the site is dspradio.org, and uh, when it comes to like needing just uh, one. Uh, Arduino or a pickaxe or a, maybe a couple of caps. He'll he'll go to every effort to make it like a two dollar shipping versus what you'd get for like six or seven at Mauser. Okay, that's good. Um, ah, I know we'd. Okay, I'm I'm with you now. I just dialed it up on my browser, and um, I see it. And here's the link for others, right there. Um, yeah. Cecil um, made an attempt at one point, and I don't know if he was 100% successful, to pull together all of the soft rock, a lot of soft rock information, which even to this day is somewhat uh, disparate located. It, it, it's hard to go to one place necessarily to find out all there is to know about uh, um, soft rocks and, and parts and, and such. But nonetheless, he did a, a good job at starting to get it together. Um, so that plus along with Tony's site and uh, Rob, um, I forgot what Rob's uh, site is. Again, it's on my list that I had uh, that I had put out there, but it's a, a really good uh, um, it's a good accumulation of all the existing soft rock designs. Robbie, uh, I'll have it in a minute. Well, okay, thanks a lot for Cecil's information there, uh, Charles. I appreciate that. Anybody else have their favorite? And I see some, uh, some comments along here about some sites are hard to get, some types, some sites are slow, and whatnot. This is great information. Um, anybody go ahead. Hey, George, I just wanted to put in a plug for Dave at Small Wonder Labs. He has a couple of nice little radio kits. Good point, John. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, Dave. Dave is a great guy. He's a great friend to the QRP community, of course, and prolific author, um, uh, uh, 
started back when it was NN1G with uh, the call sign books and some of the uh, early radios. Um, John or Joe, what was his signature first product? Was it the NN1G something or other? Uh, Joe might know. I, I don't. I think it was uh, uh, it was the precursor to the uh, one of his uh, small under labs, the SW40. It was a small transceiver, single board uh, transceiver that eventually morphed into the uh, SW40. Yeah, that was the um, his um, uh, what did he call it? He called it the 4040 because it was the first uh, 40 meter transceiver you could build for under $40 and that later became the um, the SWL 40 and, and then now he's, he's revised that again. It's the SWL plus but I point people to that transceiver kit time and time again as probably the the biggest bang in qrp when it comes to uh actually uh building a uh, looking for a small radio kit and getting on the air uh you can have a lot of fun and building that and then operating those radios and they're they're built right here locally in newport new hampshire since uh, dave and his wife both retired and they moved from connecticut uh, back up here to uh, where I live, and he built his own house, the ultimate home brewing project, as he likes to call it. And I put the uh, the website address up there for Dave's Small Wonder Labs, and he's still uh, uh, very active and is, uh, as George said, a great asset to the QRP community. Indeed, Bruce. Thanks a lot for for that information. Yeah, I forgot that he had moved, and he's back up. And I, I used to live in New Hampshire. Um, a while back for maybe about uh, six or seven years and uh, really enjoyed it. I was down in um, Derry and Londonderry, so it was pretty close to the south of the south border. But nonetheless, it uh, I was there in the Rock State, so. Um, alrighty. Um, if you haven't had a chance to look at the um, that AMQRP uh, list called links.html that I had put out a moment ago, if you don't have the uh, text, um, it's uh, amqrp.org. And uh, if you go there, you'll see a links link. So go there. And it's a page that I maintain. And again, this is totally for personal benefit, personal daily use. Um, it's a page that represents all of the, of the links that I personally find very interesting and useful. Um, and uh, if there's something that uh, somebody points out to me that I like, I put it on there. Uh, at one point, um, oh gosh, who was it? Uh, Jim Larson up in Alaska had been helping me proof these because sometimes websites come and go and you end up with a dead link being up there. So I do the best I can, but nonetheless, the ones that in the right-hand column is the list called QRP vendors. And that's kind of the topic here for tonight. Um, also, um, parts vendors below that. So the right-hand column of that sheet, of that page, is uh, the one that I really find uh, super useful. Um, of course, Elecraft is on my list. Um, I just made an order to Elecraft last week. I'm hoping to get my uh, stocking stuffer this week. Uh, so that's. Uh, I hope people are taking advantage of some of the tips and tips and good kits, and good projects that we talked about last time. Um, M-Tech is another one that doesn't often get um, get some uh, attention. Scott Gregson, I think, is his name. 
Um, and he's got a, a long running kit or a long running both kit and a project, I think, it, um, fully assembled called the ZM2. It's a small, oh gosh, about the size, what would the size of it be, Joe? It's a, um, it's kind of a big cigarette package, maybe the size of two cigarette packages. The size of a pack of Strike Anywhere matches. Okay, <laughs> I'm not sure what that is. Um, but that's uh, a long time uh, uh, antenna tuning unit, ATU, that is uh, very popular. It's been written up in the magazines and the handbooks and so on. And um, I'm just on site right now. He's got the ladder grabber and the coax grabber. So these are some projects that you that are definite stocking stuffers. If you haven't uh, if you haven't filled up your own stocking or your wish list yet, and Scott's a real good guy and. Uh, He's helped Joe and me out a couple of times when we were short for some parts or looking for some parts, specifically the, the Polycom, uh, Polycom, uh, Polyvericon um, capacitors, like the, the capacitors that you see or that you might recall, might recall in the old time transistor radios. Uh, Joe and I used them in a number of uh, um, NJQRP projects, the small plastic uh, uh, squarish, cubish, like uh, tuning capacitors. Um, they're yeah, George. Them. Yep, go ahead. Um, yeah, while you're mentioning the polyvaricon is uh, you know the the word that you were looking for for those little caps, and I just wanted to toss out here while you were mentioning that because um, uh, a nice thing about Scott, he has those polyvaricons, and you can buy them individually. They're the same as the ones he use he uses in the uh, the uh, the ZM2. Um, uh, QRP. That's a uh, that's a Z-match type tuner, and the nice things about the polyvaricons that he has is that they have two 260 picofarad sections, as opposed to some of the ones that you see that are far more common, where you have maybe a uh, a 200 plus puff uh, section and a 100 or 110 puff section, and the two 260 puff sections really help you a lot if you're building your own homebrew version of the. Uh, the Z-Match, for instance, as I've done um, several times, or if you're building a, a small uh, uh, N-Fed half-wave tuner or something like that, um, those, uh, those polyvaricons with the two relatively large sections are relatively hard to find. So that is a, a good one to know about. I think I stocked up and uh, uh, bought a dozen of them from them one time, so I'm all set for life. Just wanted to toss that in there as an important point while we were mentioning Scott. Thanks, Bruce. Appreciate that. And I was on a site, as you can see, I just sent the link uh, that kind of describes these things. They're not cheap, but they're hard to come by, but they are very, very useful. And I see that it looks like it has that um, there's a metric screw that goes into the shaft of those things that is often hard to get. And it's a good thing to have because it enables you to screw on a, uh, a spacer onto the shaft that then you uh, extends the shaft and allows you to put a normal quarter inch um, um, knob on it and obviously very useful for that purpose. And also on that website, I see in John KE3S would among others perhaps be would like this one. There's a five to nine puff air variable. Now this would be very good, I think as a as a trimmer in some of our regen work, John. So that's a, 
I was looking for a uh, supplier for that a while back, but uh, just sort of stumbled on it right here. Let me know if you ever want one, George. I have a jar of them. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> okay. I should have. Maybe we should list you on this list, John. Okay. Thank you. Um, okay. Let's uh, let's open it up. Anybody uh, anybody want to toss in some vendors? I can I could go on forever on my favorite and stories about some of these guys. But any good experiences? Uh, any you know we don't like to down we don't like to talk badly about people but tips to people who are looking for fast turnaround or good quality parts or good tech support uh, this would be the place to talk about it uh, anybody have any uh, thoughts this is dave uh, i just want to mention i buy from uh, mauser mauser typically is around five six dollars they do ship uh, typically within about three days so they're pretty good and they're looking for some parts that i need right now so uh i'll, I'll stick with them but the other vendors you mentioned are all uh, good suppliers as well george so uh, i'm going to get off here too bye bye okay dave thanks a lot yeah i i think i should probably own stock in mauser and digikey with all the, the parts that i order from them on a regular basis um Oftentimes, when you're going to put together lots of kits, you want a vendor who's going to have your parts when you need them for round two or round three of, uh, you know, the kitting. Um, so if you're able to scrounge parts from here or there, or you can get a special deal on 50 or even 100 of this or that, something to keep in mind if and only if you're, you know, you're kind of in the in the uh in the practice of putting together kits for other people on a regular basis be it a club or uh, even the side business or whatever if you cannot get the parts that you start with you're going to be up a crick without without a, a paddle so to speak when it comes time to make more of them so that's a problem that that's a that that's an issue that i'm always i'm personally always dealing with and i gotta believe the you know, others like me who produce bunches of kits all the time um, kind of run into that, too. I mean, even we even have normal normally we have problems even with the good suppliers because parts that should be in, in stock go out of stock from the actual vendors that supply Mauser, for example, or, you know, uh, obsolescence catches up with any kind of a design and you have to it's a constant uh, process of searching out alternative parts and you have to go through all sorts of checks on dimensions voltage working voltages um npo versus uh, a standard old disk capacitor and you just got to be careful that uh, because while parts is parts some parts are better than others yeah george we uh we, we've gone through a lot of that over the years at the new england channel. qrp club with the nescaf kit um, it's interesting, you know, that you mentioned that about, you know, out of stock conditions. I've noticed myself, and I think other people have commented on it over the last uh, year or two with the uh, the relative downturn in the economy, shall we say. Um, a lot of the uh, the vendors aren't doing the regular volume that they have, so out of stock conditions tend to happen more often at uh, at some of them. So uh, they just don't seem to be, uh, you know, able to commit the amount to inventory because it just doesn't turn over as fast, particularly on some parts that may not be particular, 
wildly popular. Um, but I'll go to uh, order up enough parts to do 250 uh, NESCAF kits, let's say, and the particular capacitor I used last time might have an eight-week lead time. So now I've got to go and maybe do a little hunting around and, as you say, find one that fits the dimensions of the boards and uh, that sort of thing. It's uh, it's one of those special problems we run into when we try and kit uh, a large quantity of things. But, you know, all the more reason to have a good stock of the generic stuff on hand at home. Um, but that kind of takes me back to uh, we were talking earlier about some of the uh, surplus supply houses like All Electronics, Ocean State Electronics, Electronic Gold Mine. Is anybody on uh on the uh, group here tonight, remember Polypacks? Um, <laughs> they were famous for uh, stuff in little grab bags, and sometimes they'd be floor sweepings that fell off the assembly line and didn't necessarily meet spec. But, um, uh, you know, you got great deals, and uh, the, especially for a young kid who was uh, uh, experimenting with stuff, uh, you, you couldn't do much better than that. But, um, you know, sometimes parts availability is an issue, but then, you know, you learn a little bit by uh, cross-referencing. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, I know what you mean. Polypacks. Oh, man, I do remember that. Haven't heard from about them in ages. That is so cool. Um, you said something else along the way. I, there's so much information going on here that it's at times hard to keep it all uh, keep in your mind. Um, well, I think about that. The um, Radio Shack. This is on my list of, you know, on the website list that I have. Radio Shack is perhaps um, an often maligned um, and sometimes uh, ephemeral uh, source of parts. But online, they tend to have some unique stuff. For example, I often use, there's uh, 8-pin DIN connectors. These are the connectors that plug into many of the modern um, microphone uh, they, they serve as the microphone jack for many microphones of uh, modern rigs. Also, the DINs, uh, actually, those were microphone jacks. The DIN connectors are on the back um, for accessory um, types of uh, jacks and plugs. Hard to find those around. And some of them, I, I regularly find them at Radio Shack when, when all else fails. So if you go to the Radio Shack uh, link, I don't know if it's still Tandy or not. No. I don't think so, but just go to RadioShack.com, and you'll you won't get the cheapest prices there, but you will often find the uh, yeah sometimes you'll sometimes find the parts that you won't find elsewhere. So just uh, another tip there. Yeah, George, how copy? Yeah, go ahead, Frank. Oh, uh, that was Ted. Uh, can you copy me? I, I'm not sure if I'm uh, getting into this thing or not. Yeah, Ted, sorry about that. I didn't, uh, you had scrolled off my screen there. We have a lot of attendees here. Uh, go ahead. You're, you sound really good. Yeah, okay. Uh, I finally figured out this thing. I, eh, I still have a problem I, when I come up on it, trying to get the computer configured so I can use it. But anyway, uh, one of the things I use when I have a little SMT part take a take a flying hop off across the room and that's when you never can't find them again. Uh, I have several old uh, circuit boards. They're not that old, but they're they've got the the small parts on them. And I take my little uh, uh, hot air 
uh, soldering unit and I unsolder what I need off of those things. Uh, so if you ever need a resistor or a capacitor and then some of the old uh, monitors and things are uh, quite well marked. Uh, uh, so uh, uh, keep those old circuit boards. You don't need the whole monitor, just the circuit board. And uh, sometimes you can get some uh, part that uh, all you need is one little guy and uh, it's on there. So that's what I use. I was going to mention something else. Um, yeah, I've used uh, uh, Steve uh, Weber's stuff uh, quite a bit, and his is always good. That's for sure. Anyway, back to uh, back to the group. This bye bye. Hey, thanks a lot for your contribution there, Ted. That's that's great information and great great tip. Um, oftentimes, your your junk box gets an assortment of boards and projects of yesteryear that no longer work, or boards and projects of today that couldn't get made to work. And uh, if you need something, it's easy to to do to do what you said. Go pull it off uh, an old board. I just did that the other day, just as an example. Somebody, uh, oh, what were they doing? Somebody was looking for a little trimmer. Those of you who know my DDS60 card, there's a little teeny weeny little trimmer capacitor that adjusts the output level from about uh, a half a volt up to four volts peak to peak. And it's a, kind of a sensitive pot. It's not meant to change a lot. So if somebody either manhandles it during installation or tries to turn it too far or uses it every day as a regular level control, it's going to break. So they asked me for one. All of the parts that I have are currently kind of built up onto the assembled and tested uh, DDS-60 cards. And I didn't want to say no to the guy. I didn't want to go and order some more parts, at least at this time. So I went to some old uh, uh, boards that were in need of repair or irreparable, non-repairable. And I pulled off of there, um, the, the trim pot off of that, cleaned it up a little bit, tested it, and uh, sent it to them. So that's a great idea for using old boards as a source for parts when you need them in a pinch, especially for some values of resistors that you don't have in the old uh, and the plastic bags. Pull them off the board. Here's one that you don't see very often. And I've been taking advantage of more and more of it, actually two of them, and they're kind of related. Newark Electronics and Farnell Electronics. Um, Farnell is based out of the UK, or at least the, as far as I know they are. And uh, I think they're in collaboration one way or the other with Newark. And uh, when I cannot find something that I need from Mauser, either a specific part or a specific User value, disconnected from your channel. Um, I am usually successful in going to Farnell. And, and uh, did I say Newark at first? But I meant to say if I can't use my normal sources, I go to Farnell and Newark. User entered your channel. And um, um, that's something else just to keep in mind. Again, I'll put the on the list here uh, on the text field, but you can see it on the right-hand side of my list. Uh, somebody else mentioned Jameco. That's another really good one for... Um, some uh, projects, they also, uh, some parts, they also have projects that are good accumulation of, uh, um, good accumulation of parts and uh, kind of techie ideas, uh, good for Boy Scouts and, and uh, interns at work or whatever you might do with the kids. 
Uh, but uh, that's another source for, for some of those specialty connectors too, by the way. I like getting some of my connectors from uh, from, from Jameco. Um, okay, um, any any other parts? I'm, I'd like to gravitate maybe a little bit into things other than parts, uh, things that other than vendors besides just um, electronic parts. For example, Harbor Freight. Harbor, just like Google, Harbor Freight can be your friend. Anybody besides Joe, because I know what Joe's going to say, but anybody else besides Joe have good experiences with uh, Harbor Freight? Yeah, this is Dave. Uh, we have one uh, about two miles from us, George. And uh, uh, although the parts are not uh, what I would consider A1 uh, for uh, using uh, drills uh, and, uh, you know, saws and whatever, uh, I often buy theirs because uh, if it breaks, you're talking probably about 30 bucks or thereabouts and not uh, several hundred as uh, some of the other vendors. But they are a good source of... Uh, tools and parts and things. Yeah, they are, Dave. Thanks. Yeah, um, and I will toss this to Joe in a moment because I think he owns part stock in them. Um, the, uh, the, they, the, they offer some good, uh, a good cross, I don't know, what's the best way to say it, a good range of things. Uh, if you want something of real great value, maybe you get a craftsman or go to Home Depot and get a major vendor, a major uh, uh, a top tier type of supplier, um, a Ryobi or whatever. But if you want something that's quick and, and not going to break the bank, and if you don't use it all the time, something of that nature might be a good, uh, good source for it. Um, uh, punches, drills, wrenches, a lot of homebrewing stuff, things that we use around the homebrewing bench. And I, Joe knows my back room. I've got a bunch of Harbor Freight stuff that over the years have collected, and it has been absolutely invaluable. I think I mentioned it last time, or no, it might have been on the, SD, uh, the SDR cube list. I had uh, purchased a, uh, a four-inch diamond blade hobby saw, high-speed hobby saw. It's not going to cut through aluminum. It's not going to cut through steel, but it does a marvelous job on PCB material, nylon standoffs, plastic, and I and, and connectors. I cut up all my connectors uh, to come up with the varying lengths of uh, pin headers on a lot of my projects. Absolutely invaluable tool. But that was that's a Harbor Freight gem. Joe, what's uh, what's your characterization of that? Yeah, like someone else said. Uh... It's uh, it's not top tier, but uh, when you want something uh, to do the job, uh, does a does a good uh, good job. It's it's a good uh, price uh, quality uh, uh, compromise. Had a a um, program manager I worked with some years ago, who um, I took into a Harbor Freight, and he went in there and he said, Ah, that's Chinese junk. I'd never buy that stuff. Well, he moved out to Albuquerque, and uh, he built a house. And guess where he went for most of his tools? He went to Harbor Freight, because instead of spending uh, two or three thousand dollars for tools, he spent uh, maybe five hundred bucks, and they lasted long enough to build the house. 
and uh, he didn't need them after that. Yep. Yeah, it turns out that mother is the necessity of invention or something like that. And, uh, if you need something, you're gonna you're gonna go where the parts are, and uh, that, that's pretty good. Harbor Freight. We have one. Joe and I often uh, do what we call it's kind of a design breakfast. Um, every couple of weeks or so, we get together about halfway between us, and uh, we have a breakfast at uh, Roy Rogers. No, um, uh, down on the farm, um, Bob Evans. And just around the corner from that is a Harbor Freight. And uh, we often enjoy stopping in there after after our brainstorming breakfasts and uh, checking out what, uh, what they might have. In fact, Joe pointed me to, just here's just another example. Um, I was in need of a, uh, a DVM, simple little DVM. All the ones that are on my bench had kind of cur uh, had failed. And um, ultimately, uh, you know, I was, uh, Joe noticed that there was one on sale for like $7. I said, what, what can you get for $7? Um, but it turns out it's one of the best DVMs that I've had and, and I've had along the way. Full function, all the different capabilities, including temperature sensors and so on. And to this day, I'm using it uh, just about every single night. So, um, you never know what you're going to find out on there, out there that uh, can be really helpful for the, uh, the QRP bench. I don't think that I don't know, Joe. Do you remember where that uh, the shear, the brake shear that we both have came from? Was that a Harbor Freight gem? Certainly was, as was the uh, drill presses we have. Yeah, there's another. There are two more tools that I find absolutely essential in my own uh, home brewing uh, activities is uh, a, a drill press, which is a great way to drill straight holes. Sounds funny, but if you all, if all you've ever used is a handheld drill, high speed drill for drilling holes in aluminum, aluminum and PCB material, um, you'll not believe the better quality that you can get by using a drill press. Sounds expensive, um, and it's all relative. I mean, but you can get a drill press for sixty to eighty dollars, um, and it's going to last you a lifetime. And it's going to be—you put the right bits in it, as Dave was saying. You put some good, good bits in there, and it's going to drill straight holes and drill, drill it straight down. And that's really what you want, so you don't get drift. Uh, you get controlled, uh, controlled feed. You don't get wobble. Less chance for a bit breaking off. Um, umpteen, umpteen reasons. And that was a Harbor Freight gem. Another one was a break. This is one of those things, a shear, a shear, combination shear, break, and roll press. Um, I don't even know if it's still, they're still for sale there, but it's huge. It, it's, it's maybe two feet by two feet by two feet in size. I think it weighs the, uh, probably about the size of a, of a small pickup truck. Um, but it is just really helpful for cutting print circuit board, small gauge steel, uh, bending, um, producing, you know, precise bends, uh, of, uh, for bracket, if you're making brackets, a great, great tool. And that again is a Harbor Freight thing. Um, all right. Um, any, uh, how about some other, uh, other suppliers of tools and home brewing equipment that maybe others have found along the way? Um, open mic, go ahead. 
One more question. Oh, yeah, sure. Go ahead. I'll stop asking people about this, but this falls into the stocking stuffer uh, heading, I guess. I'm still trying to figure out whether I want to get one of those uh, TI-C5535 Easy DSP uh, kits. I'm a rank beginner at uh, DSP and, and need some kind of something to get me started there. And uh, apparently uh, there was a uh, an article in uh, QRX about it, but I can't find anybody who's read it or anybody who has any experience. Is there anybody who could help me there? Hey, Milt, um, I, I, if you're still listening, do you have any kind of reference material for that DSP eval board? Um, yeah, there were some things on the uh, the website, but most of what I did, I developed uh, some filter code myself and then uh, programmed it in. But there were there were a couple of examples on using the DSP features, but uh, I, I'm going to have to dig through my archives and see what I can come up with. Let us know if you do uh, find something. Eval boards or demonstration boards or things of that nature are extremely, extremely useful for us, us experimenters, um, especially because they supply, they often supply um, canned programs and canned experiments um, that demonstrate the capabilities of the board, as you might expect it to do. But what we like George. to do Yes, Bill. Uh, yeah, in regard to that, I noticed today that the TI Easy DSP based on the C5535, they're having a, a sale on those demo boards. They're $55 versus a regular $99 through the end of the month. Go ahead. Yeah, available from where, Milt? Uh, through the TI eStore. Okay, could you, if you're looking at it online, could you post a link there and and somebody doubled and I didn't hear what you said, but um, if we can get a link, that'd be very good. Now, is that specifically the, the EZ DSP that uh, you were speaking of, um, uh, Rick? Yes, that's exactly the one. Uh, and I should also mention that that was the, the, the $55 price that, that attracted me, but that price is only good through the end of the year. So you've got two more weeks to grab one if you want. All right, that's good to know. So maybe link uh, Milt will post that link and grab it. Now, you said that there was a, an article recently on this uh, this evaluation board. Uh, this one's QEX. Yeah, I think you said that last time. And Joe will get a chuckle because he was over here and I was looking for that article. And I'm I, either I'm missing missing a uh, an issue or I'm just not seeing it. I think I'd mentioned last time that I remember seeing it, and now I just don't know, but tab. I certainly can't find it. So um, I'll take a look at it. And th does anybody have handy this this uh, month's issue of, um, oh, gosh, I'm sorry, it must be QEX, right? Right, QEX. It's in a uh, the column that the fellow discusses uh, uh, DSP in general. Okay, do you recall? If you don't have it there, but if you do, you recall is it uh, just kind of an overview, or does it actually describe something that can be done with the board? 
I don't get the magazine. That's why I was asking if anybody else did. Ah, uh, okay. Well, does anybody else have QEX within reach there at uh, at your operating position right now? No, they probably got him in the head. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I'll, I, I got a note here, and obviously, uh, thank you, Milt, for posting that uh, that link. Um, so that'll be a good reminder too. I'll see if I can find something because I also had one of those boards. Uh, just as you know, Milt described, we were looking at it a while back, and Milt did some did some programming on it and and helped me get mine going. I just don't know where it is at the moment since that project never really kind of panned out. Um, but um, it'll certainly be interesting that there was some mention of that in QEX. Thank you for, for mentioning. George? This is Dave. Hi, Dave. Go ahead. Yeah, I've got the QEX here. It's actually the description of that board is in under SDR Simplified Series. That's where they're talking about it. And they're, in the article there, they talk about the $55 price until October 24th. But I had, think I had received an email also saying that it extended that at the end of the year. Ah, that explains it. I do remember seeing that STR simplified. So that's where it was. Great. Okay, so it's probably just a mention. There's not a project or anything built around it or source code provided for it. Yeah, George, another comment about the that board sure okay the boards that you and i bought were based on the c5505 not the 5535 and it had some limitations on access to some of the io and they've added a bunch i believe on the 5535 which makes it a little more versatile plus it's a higher speed uh, chip wow and um What's the price on it right now? Um, did did we mention the price good until the end of the year? What is it? Yeah, on the website, it, they announced that it's they've extended the price break. Regular price is ninety nine, and they're selling them for fifty five right now. Whoa, half price almost. That is that's amazing. That's good, and fifty five is a good number for for this particular part number. That is good. Um, I may take a look at it and, and see what, uh, what what we might be able to do with that. Thank you all for mentioning this. Heck, Dave, maybe we could even uh, maybe we could even uh, program up another widget or something with another processor here. <laughs> hey, if it's not spelled P-I-C, I don't want to learn it. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean, Dave. For others' benefit here, Dave, um, um, along with Milt and myself, we we are kind of like the uh, the focus for the new PSK modem. And uh, Dave, most recently, has been programming his little heart out, uh, providing lots of features recently for for uh, uh, modem owners. Uh, but it's all PIC uh, oriented or DISPIC oriented, and and uh, that was the nature of uh, his comment. Good stuff. Good stuff, Dave. Um, all righty, um, other, let's see, we're kind of coming up to the witching hour. I wanted to keep it on the shorter User side and I don't want to retread, 
the discussion. We've got a good long list of uh, information. Um, are there other favorite uh, favorite suppliers of electronics, or maybe not, not even of electronics, but uh, um, tools? And I, I see that Chris W zero A and M posted something about surplus sales for some QRO vintage parts. Outstanding. I like uh, I like that. Some of the boat anchor stuff there, Chris. I was looking at that link. Thanks for sharing that. But other others with uh, good uh, good sources of inform uh, good sources of parts. Uh, go ahead. Hey, um, I wanted to ask if anyone had recent experiment experience with Ocean State Electronics, as because it was brought up. I I remember a few years back I. Uh, I had a good order with him, and then just shortly after, I think the fellow that uh, owned it passed away, and whoever was left to manage got kind of. Yeah, it sounds like Joe. Uh, Joe posted something about Ocean State. Do you, Joe, do you want to give some background on that? Yeah, it's uh, not solid. I have bought things from him over the years. I did not realize that the original owner had passed away, but uh, yeah, I did experience some. Very slow delivery, like two months. Last time I ordered, that was uh, a year or two ago. It was something I really wanted, so I just waited, and eventually it came. But uh, others, um, others have gotten a bit more annoyed about the uh, slow response than uh, than I did. I think it's a part-time business, and the guy does things when he gets around to it. I, I don't know he's gypped anyone, but uh, don't. Uh, you can't always expect immediate service from them, unfortunately. Hey, here's a question for the group. Um, I'm, anybody, I'm, I'm looking, I need to renew my, uh, um, my magazine subscription for, um, it's the UK magazine. I just can't think of the name of it. Uh, the long, Redcom. So I need to renew Redcom. Um, I'm an instant gratification kind of guy, and I'd like to either call or email and get it done right then and there, as opposed to mailing in a check and waiting for a month or two or whatever. Does anybody have contact information for stateside representation of Revcom? George, you could go to the, uh, what is it, the uh, RSGB or whatever it is, the, the Royal Society of Radio, whatever. Uh, I think you can order there through either PayPal or a credit card. I don't remember. That's how I did it. Okay, funny. I was. I would have thought that would have been the. Oh, I got it here. I would have thought that would have been the case, but I didn't see any um, anything like that, Dave. I'm, if they do offer that, that's great. I'll, I'll definitely do it. Thank you. Now I see it, um, you know, it's called a, their rsgbshop.org. Uh, maybe it's available, maybe if you go to that website, it'll, it'll be on there, but there's no list, there's no mention of that in the, uh, in the actual printed magazine. So hopefully I can do that online. Thanks for the tip. Uh, sometimes the obvious eludes, eludes me during the uh, heat of the moment. Um, just a little bit of uh, uh, insight on where I'm, uh, that Joe and I want to be taking at least the, the, pre the presentation of some of this information. 
is um, um, I will I will get the time. Time has been incredibly short supply as the end of the year is here at work and um, racing to meet end of year, end of quarter, end of month schedules. The end of the contract is up. I mean, you name it, everything is ending up this month and we got to get the projects done. So I've been putting in a bunch of hours, but nonetheless, um, I will get the time. I intend on putting a mosaic of information up on the website and i'm not sure where i'll put it which which of the websites that uh, that i host i'll put it up but it's going to be one page that is kind of as a I kind of envision it as being a square um like a, a cube of uh of uh, information that's shown on the screen and you know each week a different square is going to go up on the web page illustrating at least tidbits about the conversation that we have during the week and then when you click on the cube the um you'll you'll zoom off to a different website a different web page that uh goes through all of the detail that we're talking about here it captures the text uh field on the on the team speak uh, page it will hold the recordings that we're making and accumulating here so you'll be able to get the full um, uh, the full breadth of the information if you're interested in it. But um, that's just how this information is going to be archived and we can access it on a regular basis. It's not going off into the ether and we are capturing it uh, for everybody to use later on. So just a little bit of a uh, heads up on that. Joe, um, you want to take it for a few minutes here and maybe kind of see if there's any more topics and recap or where we're going to be going uh, next time and such? Okay, very good. We'll do. It's been a good uh, good session tonight, group. We've come up with a number of uh, number of uh, good sites here and good experience with people. Kind of cross section of uh, who's been uh, buying what from whom. Uh, of course, George mentioned he has his his favorite list. I have my favorite list. But uh, in a group this size, you're always going to come up with others who have some uh, some good uh, good material. As George said, we're going to summarize this uh, so that uh, we can capture these links, make them available to people uh, offline. Um, no way I could have uh, copied all this stuff down and uh, <laughs> made it available. But uh, we will do that offline. And there's yet more stuff coming up. If you folks don't have the uh, RP homebrewing uh, uh, if you don't have the window at the bottom that shows what uh, we're chatting with, you're missing something. I know I don't get it when I use my tab or my uh, uh, iPod Touch, but the, the PC version has a little screen at the bottom where, where you can type in uh, comments, and uh, there's some pithy stuff that uh, goes on there. In general, uh, this, this uh, session is held every uh, Tuesday night the exception, I think it's the third Tuesday of the month when uh, we have an NJQRP uh, uh, club meeting online. Uh, this uh, on the uh, NJQRP uh, site under uh, HPSDR. Uh, you're welcome to come up and uh, join us there. As George mentioned earlier, we generally try to have a theme every uh, every week, at least a rough theme to uh, kind of focus in on the discussion and uh, 
get people uh, on the same page as to what we're talking about. And uh, focusing in like that also helps to uh, sharpen the focus, get ideas going, instead of uh, instead of just having a, uh, a random bunch of thoughts uh, and uh, no no direction to go. Uh, good group. Um, the, uh, the span. I guess we don't have any Canadians here tonight. It's not unusual to have a couple of Canadians in the group. And we have representation across the country that's good. Um, if you would, tell your friends who might be interested, and uh, they can pop in too. Um, George and I and some of the others also appear some evenings on, on this TRP uh, homebrewing at the 8 o'clock when we have nothing else to do in the evening. So it's not unusual uh, to uh, find some of the other uh, guys around. Uh, good for a quick question. Uh, quick uh, clarification or something, or just say hi to somebody. Uh, George, I think, is uh, suffering from having a long day's work and uh, trying to run his own business on the side. So uh, we'll give him a little, little break here while I'm talking. Um, and uh, I don't really have anything more here. I think I'll turn it back to George. See if he's recovered. He's, he's maybe had a sip of. Uh, some uh, fruit juice or something to uh, bring it back to life so that uh, we can wrap up this session. Uh, ready to uh, regain, George? Ah, fruit juice. Yes, indeed. I don't have any yet, but I'm headed for the single malt uh, section of the fruit juice cabinet in just a moment. Uh, thank you, Joe. Good summary. Um, and um, if I can, I can also wrap up. I, I Joe and I often collaborate about um, what the, you know, the next topics are going to be. What I, what we haven't yet talked about, um, but I'm going to suggest it here and subject to change or whatever, is that the next session I would like to focus on one specific project. And it happens to be a new project that uh, uh, Joe and I are working on. And we wanted to get uh, people's opinion on it. We wanted to go into technical detail about it. We talked about it before, it's called the sweeper. And we won't say any more about it for now about it, just because we did before. But we're going to talk about in-depth, uh, in-depth signal measurement techniques, in-depth about uh, low noise measurement techniques, wide dynamic range measurements. What do you do with those measurements? How do you display those measurements? What's the value you can determine from taking a whole bunch of measurements over a range of frequencies? Uh, what kind of extra added add-on doodahs that you can uh, uh, provide to a oh I don't know basic log app, but uh, and what more can you do, and and how can that be of value to you on the bench? So we'd like to get your opinion on that. We'd like to kind of review that in um, in detail, um, and um, you know we think that it can probably be in uh, um, instrumental in understanding some basic concepts, some interesting approaches for embedded microcontrolled projects and uh, things that that might be able to serve your needs uh, in your individual shacks. Now we won't be meeting um, on that topic next week because next week um, next week is the NJQRP thing, right Joe? Is that the, the week? Yes, it is George. Okay, good. So next week uh, we're going to be meeting just up one channel you'll see the NJQRP channel. And uh, 
you know, it'll kind of be the same topic and the same format uh, or the same approach in the same format. We might be talking more about clubsy kind of stuff, you know, like, oh, what kind of project you're working on now, Jack? And, oh, hey, George, did you fix that thing that I sent over there? And, you know, just kind of chit chat that you might hear or might like to hear at your local QRP club um, that you may or may not have locally. And that's the whole purpose for doing it, is that because not everybody has it locally. And uh, it's kind of fun to have um, idle chit-chat um, of a radio nature, of a club nature. And that's what that uh, every fourth Tuesday is about. And so next week, we'll be meeting on the NJQRP channel at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 0100 Zulu. And um, uh, hope to see a lot of you coming back here. Hope you find it of use, this of, uh, of interest and value to you. Uh, please let us know. And um, um, as Joe said, uh, stop in sometime during the week, whether it's 8 p.m. or if you want to have a quote-unquote sked with your buddy. And, you know, this is like a, a million times better than in Skype or some of the other uh, formats. Um, yeah, it's open and anybody could join in, but you actually see them when they join in. So, I mean, it's not a matter of, you know, you don't lose privacy if you can see that uh, nobody else but you and your buddy are, are, are present. So use the service. Um, uh, this is um, very graciously sponsored by our host, um, N3, um, oh, nuts. I've forgotten it's called a sign. It's, it's what we use to log in here. Uh, it'll come to me. Um, but, um, it, this is a, a, a very nice service that he provides for us, and as well as the HPS, the open HPSDR group, and maybe in the future some other Instant things. Thanks, um, that doesn't sound good. Oh, yeah, that's it. That's it. And Bruce uh, McDermott. Um, um, I probably have that name wrong, too, but long day. Thank you very much for, for hosting us. And anyways, uh, thank you all for attending. Uh, looking forward to talking with you guys next week. And uh, between now and then, take care. Be good for Santa. And uh, maybe your stocking will be filled. Good night, all. Good night. And uh, make sure you keep sending out those Tuesday afternoon uh, emails because every time I've made it here, it's because the email I suddenly said, oh, yeah, it's Tuesday night. User disconnected from your channel. Good, good point. You can thank Joe on that uh, this time for sure. Good night, guys. User disconnected from your channel. Uh, I'd User like to know how John KE3S managed to uh, uh, decorate his name and call sign with seasonal colors. Uh, I have no idea. I didn't do it intentionally. Well, it looks great. <laughs> it really does. That's funny. I don't see it that way on my computer. Neither no, do you're I. Green, you're green uh, over here. Everybody else is uh, plain old black lettering, but yours is a, a lovely uh, holiday green. If it's a uh, if it's a green, it means you've identified him as one of your contacts. Ah, there oh, you go. Well, there you go. Okay. User disconnected Thank you. from your channel. I thought it was because I owe money or something. <laughs> Good night, all. Hey, George, I did have a quick question if you have a minute. Channel. Yeah, sure, John. I've, I've got my fruit juice. I'm a I'm happy guy. I'll be really quick on you here. 
Do I remember from a previous NJQRP meeting that if I was going to finally build up my original Micro 908 that I could get an updated circuit board and not necessarily have to go through the track of User modifications to, to uh, put it channel. together uh, over? You didn't hear that, but I would be absolutely thrilled to give you one of those because it saves a ton of time and effort. There's absolutely no modifications required in order to have all the features and capabilities. It's called the RevB circuit board. Perfect. That'd be great. So it'll be a good exchange for that uh, that high voltage power supply. Thank you very much. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. User disconnected from your channel. Hey, George. Um... Yeah, Chris, go ahead. Um, all of the uh, I'm on my Android phone right now, and I I might not have figured out. I I don't seem to be able to find any of text uh, box of links you're posting. And uh, I was just going to say, when you post the User audio files, from your channel. if if it's possible to copy and paste all the all the text that you've posted. Absolutely, that's the whole that's the whole purpose of it, Charles. Um, we'll definitely have that uh, posted. Okay, appreciate that. Uh, I, I you know I. <laughs> If I had to go listen again, I would. I mean, you're going to the trouble to post the audio, but if you're gonna, if you, yeah, if it's not too hard. Hey, Charles, if you see if you have an event key in your Android window there, I think I came across that, and if you click that, you might be getting the text that way. Oh, okay. I see that it gives me notices of my connection statuses, like when it tries to connect, but I'm not seeing any like posted uh, text, like links or whatever from individuals, but I'll keep looking. Yeah, I can't remember. Maybe I, I was playing around with both, both sides. I found that the uh, Android tablet I'm using would drop out the audio, so <laughs> good thing I had a spare here. All right, anyway, good night, guys. Take care. Yeah, I think uh, if you look, there should be a place where you can select either the Open SDR server or the QRP homebrewing. And if you select just the uh, Open HP SDR server, then all you get is the connects and disconnects. But if you select the QRP homebrewing, then you get all the other stuff. User entered your channel. User disconnected from your channel. Yeah, on my iPad, you select at the top of that screen once you're in the the QRP homebrewing one. At the top, there's a channels and an events button, and if you hit the events button, you can go and see the uh, the text.